Welcome back, lads and ladettes, to episode 51. Uh, Philly, before we began, we just said, hey, who's 51? Who's this episode? And immediately, without hesitation, Jake Gardner. Yeah, dude. You got it. That was like an absolute snap call by you two. Like, you know, you're sitting at the poker table and like you're sitting there like, do I call? Do I raise? Like, and somebody throws out a huge bet and you're just immediate, like, you know, your hand, you know, you're so dialed and you just, yeah, call like a snap call. That was you. when I was like, oh damn, like we don't have a 51. And just the second I said, we don't have a 51. You're like Jake Gardner. <laughs> like, it was the easiest it was between, thing. It was between Jake Gardner and Brian Campbell. Oh, soupy. That's yeah. a, like that's such a good nickname. I feel like this is so basic though. Like I know. Soup. I feel like everybody with the last name Campbell is is <laughs> soup. Yeah. 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 There's, so There's many like soupies running around. Yeah, like that was such a um cop out too by the Leafs, like nicknaming Mikheyev uh soup because he said he loves Campbell's soup. And they just called him Soup yeah. Man. Like, come on, that's, guys. That's, yeah. Come <laughs> like on. his name's Mikheyev. You could have called him like Mickey or some shit like that. Like no, yeah. no, soup. Just rock with the soup. That's, I that's guess it kind of has like a backstory to it, but like, that's yeah, the I've worst backstory I've ever heard. Yeah. It's like, hey, there's this guy you said he likes to eat soup. Like, come on. <laughs> oh, let's what? call him soup. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my my like, roommates really like to eat. What the hell's falling? Oh my God. All my notebooks are just <laughs> tumbling around, tumbling down around me. Um, But yeah, that's like if one of my roommates, like, they, they like to eat crispers or whatever. It's like, oh, What's up, crispy? It's like it's <laughs> yeah. a fucking lazy nickname. Like, grow up. Yeah, put some yeah. effort into it. Crispy. Maybe you should <laughs> start on. calling him that and see if it catches on. It's like, come on, like, like you love to eat crispers. Whatever, let it slide though. We'll let it slide. Let's hope like, this <laughs> episode is better than uh, Jake Gardner's tenure in uh, in in Toronto, though. You know, and like, hopefully feel- better than than McKayev's nickname because <laughs> yes. I don't even know that. That sucks. Yeah, like. I think about Jake Gardner and just all the things we went through with him and the things that stick out in my mind is just always game sevens and him being an oh. absolute dumpster fire of a player, just skating around being a, a wreck. Like, honestly, you'd think he was wearing a Bruins uniform, but no, <laughs> like just the amount of pizzas this guy would throw up the middle on a regular occasion. And then you go into game seven where it's just the stakes are heightened and this guy is throwing them up the middle so casually like with the absolute space cadet look on his face all the time too like he's he's there but he's not well <laughs> that's the only thing he's really provided us is is this his number for this this week's episode so yeah so thanks, thanks for wearing yeah <laughs> appreciate it all right philly why don't uh, you lead us in a little recap of our half a what was it, our, our, our half a century milestone yeah, so last episode, episode 50, we had some, uh, we kind of made some moves there. We had our first uh, first ever guest back on the show, Jonathan Ang. Uh, we had a first time guest in Cameron Searles, and we had one of the first lads of like the OG Lads and Lawn Chairs podcast, Michael Simney, join us on the show. It was like honestly such a good time to be able to catch up with those guys yeah, and just a blast. spew absolute nonsense with them like <laughs> from start to finish. But we got into some good topics. And then one of the things that we talked about was uh, our Be Better. And I brought up the Be Better that like people who drive Fiat's and smart cars, not acceptable. Like get, nope. don't, don't nope. pick, like it doesn't even make sense to don't drive those it. cars. Not only do they just, in my mind, not make sense in terms of like the build of the car. I just think they're kind of ugly. But we put out a little promo post or whatever the other day and uh, – I put the post on, up on my story and one of my friends from school replies to me and is like, uh, Hey man, what about the Nissan cube? And so we kind of just started like going back and forth about like the Nissan cube and how ugly the Nissan cube is. I and saw then, one yesterday and I wanted to just gouge my eyes out. Yeah. So like that's shout out to my boy, Sonny Rogers. He said to me, he's like, yo, Nissan cube, like all time ugly car. And he sends, he sends me a picture and he's just like, imagine like you're going on a date and you have to pick up a chick in that thing. <laughs> like oh. she's probably looking out the window is like, oh my God, is that his car? And just says yeah. like, hey, sorry, we're going to have to reschedule. <laughs> like can't so come out tough. with you today. Yeah, but that's so tough. I just started thinking about what are some other like really ugly cars? Because we didn't really get into it. We focused mostly on like the Fiat yeah. and the smart car concept. You want and another snap like, call? Yes, Kia I do. Soul. Yes, Kia man. Souls are the Kia terrible. Soul. 
it is terrible. It's so ugly to like look at. I was, it's kind of funny because I was, I think I was driving yesterday or two days ago and I was on the road and I saw a Kia Soul and like, wasn't even thinking about the pod or like connecting the pod to it. And I was just like, damn, that's an ugly car. <laughs> like, yeah. It's such an ugly car. Um, I just hate how they come in like the worst colors too. Like whenever I see a soul, it's not even just like black or it's like a lime green soul. Yeah. Yes. Like, what the hell are it you It just doing? makes like, it way worse. And then, know, yeah, it like it's no good. It's no good. Um, another one that you brought up actually, and I hadn't thought about, but I pulled it up on Google here. The, uh, the PT cruiser. Oh, not a good looking car at all. Not a good, yeah, no, it's no. so confused as to what it wants to be. It's like, am I a hatchback? Am I an SUV? Am I a sedan? Maybe am I a I'm hot rod? Like, like, yeah, am I a hot rod? The front of the car with that like fender thing that it's got going on and it's all round. And then just the yeah. back, it's kind of got the beetle look to it. Yeah, it's, it's like so it's a half ugly. and half disaster. It's like if somebody took like a minivan and like just smushed it and made it like compact and then i don't even know what they were the look what they were going for i i can grill tell you, sucks the sh- yeah it just everything about the car sucks it just doesn't work um one that i thought of is the ford flex I do not like the Ford Flex, and I don't know if it. Maybe it's just because I immediately associate it with a hearse. Yeah. Every time I see it, I'm like, it, like especially someone pulls up in like a black Ford Flex is like, who died, bro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, died? who hurt you? <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking at I'm looking at the PT Cruisers on Google Images, and one of them, one of the pictures I have here, is like a a bright red PT Cruiser. And it's jacked up. It's like it's it's a jacked, jacked up, up. P- PT Cruiser. It's it's like a good like foot and a half above its tires, and it's like oh a little monster God. truck PT Cruiser. What the hell? Oh. It oh, is God. kind of funny when you see like random cars like all pimped out and stuff. Like yeah, uh, obviously people lift and lift Jeeps and put like different tires and stuff on jeeps yeah but have jeep you ever owners seen, are, like... are a different breed i'd say yes. jeep owners are people who have like, the snorkel kit like they got the big lights on the front yeah no it's jeep owners i'd say are the, the car owners who spend the most like time and energy into their cars i'd say like i guess if, obviously if you're like, a car head and you want to like do it like i just I'm, I'm talking strictly in terms of like everyday people who aren't necessarily car guys right Jeep owners will probably go above it, like the, do the most. I'd say the, I'd, the second category of car, like regular people who customize their cars, the any service. owner of a Subaru ever. <laughs> yeah, a Subaru too. Yeah, the Subaru. And Subaru owners like love their soup. They yes. love their cars. Yes, they do. I see Jeeps one, Subaru owners two. Okay. And then I, I guess you gotta throw in like the Civic. The uh... seeing like Civics and stuff rip around when they're all like souped up is kind of hilarious because yeah. it's like. Okay, so and the, the other oh, day, the like, look like little RC cars too. Yes. Okay, so so the other day, I'm getting off the highway, or I'm yeah, getting off the highway, turning onto like the street that I go down to to my house, and mm-hmm. there is uh, a Camaro beside me, and this thing is like all black, like just looks disgusting, and the car that pulls up, so I'm beh- or I guess I'm behind the Camaro. And then it's two left turn lanes. The car that pulls up right beside us, so right beside the Camaro, is this little brand new Civic, so souped up. Like you know when it's just got the obnoxious like yeah, engine exhaust, roar. It doesn't yeah, exhaust. Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't even sound good. But they're like, oh, it's loud. Like it's sick. Yeah. And it's like, it's like got the, all its, its like stickers. It takes plastic. off on a green light. You hear like the pop pop pop. It's like yes, the like, going off. It's like, so, oh my god, man. So these guys like I guess they look at each other and the Camaro kind of like revs his engine. They're about to turn left. So they're not even like gunning it on a straightaway <laughs> or anything, right? But the Camaro kind of like revs the engine a little bit, and the Civic guy starts doing the little pop 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 like go right beside him i'm like dude you can't compete you're driving a civic beside this camaro and this guy's car looks insanely nice and you're driving like you're literally driving a civic with 800 stickers on it you can barely see out the front window because of how many stickers yeah. you've got on there hey, they, they say that every sticker adds 10 miles an hour or so <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> yeah you got like, all those like their little studio stickers or where they're putting their custom work done and then yeah some random company maybe a playboy bunny sticker on there just because that's the kind of guy he might be or probably <laughs> yeah. is like 
relax man yeah like chill dude chill Same I for the rest never, of us yeah i never get it but these guys are like beside each other i'm like man you just don't compete and in, if you're in your head you think your car is as nice or better than that car like come on dude like give your head a shake just yeah. nowhere near the power or the like proper sound that that car has doesn't yeah. look as nice like you're uh, just Give your damn head a shake, man. It's no Dude, good. Car, car guys are arguably the worst kind of people. I'd They're say car guys who wear gloves in the gym. Yeah, they are. Car guys are up there with, with guys who wear gloves in the gym. I'd cook, I'd say car guys are very comparable to horse girls. You know? Like, oh. I think, oh. Car, I think it's like a, a kind of like a similar kind of deal. Like horse okay. girls equate to car guys. Okay. So and I think the, they just rub it in your – they throw it in your face. They got it in their bio. You can't have a conversation yes, about like, yes, and they they make you they try to like make you feel stupid for not knowing. I was like, oh, like, what is that like a V six like twin turbo? It's like, dude, I don't know. Dude, man. I, like, I just like shit. <laughs> yeah, point A to point B, really. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. And they just they just rub it in your face. They want you to know that they know everything about cars. Have it in their bio. Yeah. Oh, like whatever. And like just to, to prove my point of how car guys are the worst. Like just recently. You've probably seen it on Six Buzz or whatever, but there's that huge like car rally in Wasega Beach. Did you ever yes, see? yes. It was nuts, man. It was like hundreds of people, no masks. They were all just like revving their engines and like, just, yeah, like, giant like two day dick measuring festival. Like I don't know. Yes, what you call it, but like the small PB contest. Yeah, yeah. Come on, car guys, be better. <laughs> yeah, I always see things on TikToks too. On TikTok too where people are like it's the same audio so they all use like that one audio and it's like oh someone one of my neighbors called the cops because of how loud my car is like oh, let's see yes, how you like know. this and yeah. it's like dude your car sounds like shit it's just yeah, loud dude it just it's sounds just unhealthy yeah <laughs> seriously <laughs> come on like if you're driving a muscle car and it's revving up it's like okay yeah maybe that's like a little bit annoying like don't be turning that thing on at 6 30 in the morning but it's also like okay respects like you got a nice muscle car going on and these guys just with their like exactly like you said like pop 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 <laughs> there's like civics <laughs> ripping around it's like, turn that King shit Street off waterloo ontario like yeah Oh, come on, man. Yeah, yeah I know. That's, that's dumb. <laughs> Be better to car, guys. I'll give your head a shake. Yeah. Oh. It's not good. Oh. But yeah, cars is such a good like topic to just start <laughs> ripping into. It's hilarious. I know, man. And uh, I apologize. If you're, if you're a fan of Lads and Launchers, you're just a listener. Like, <laughs> we're talking about everybody who's a car guy except for you. We're not, we're not yes. You're, yes. You're, you you're just cool. caught a ricochet shot. That's all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't intentional. But yeah, not, not good. Um, okay, McGee. I want to talk to you about the NHL playoffs. So yes, um, the playoffs just wrapped up last week. Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, Stanley Cup champions, first time since 04. And I thought it was so cool because there's like a couple of connections there. The first one being less um, directly connected to us in most ways is that our high school now has its first ever Stanley Cup champion. Yeah. And it, uh, and more directly connected to us that stanley cup champion also happens to be someone who was a guest on lads and lawn chairs so episode 21 guest anthony sorelli congratulations he won his first, he won a stanley cup hopefully first of uh, many more let's like obviously you don't want to just cap him at one he's pretty early on in his career here yeah, but yeah like congratulations to him how cool is that though now we have a stanley cup champion who's been on the pod like this guy, can we call it a lads bump? Like we gave this guy a little boost. He he won the won the cup because of us. I think he finished like <laughs> because second. Of us. In, yeah, definitely because of us. He finished like second in Selkie voting too. And I see yeah, all over Twitter yeah. like people are talking about maybe this guy's gonna get an offer sheet because of how good he is and stuff. And we're like, yeah, we had him on the pod. Like yeah. episode twenty one. No, he's the real deal, man. The guy just wins wherever he goes. He does. He does. He just like, winning. He just winning follows him. He scored that OT winner to send them to the cup finals too. Yeah. Like scored he, the OT winner to send them to the cup final. Wait, two goals in the Memorial Cup final to win. Yeah, they won 2-1 in overtime. Won an OHL championship goals. with Erie the following year. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if he got the World Junior gold. He might no, have. No, I don't think he did. No World J gold. Okay. But regardless, he's a Stanley Cup champion. So Yeah. Like he tops all of it. <laughs> I know. At this point, it tops That's all of it. Crazy. So cool. Mem um, Cup and Stanley Cup. Cheers. Just a winner. Um, but okay. So on that like topic of the Stanley cup playoffs, I wanted to talk about a little bit how 
I, at the beginning, said these playoffs are going to suck. I said the NBA playoffs are going to suck. The NHL playoffs are going to suck. They shouldn't do it. It's not going to be entertaining. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be as intense. Obviously, we're not players, so we don't know what the atmosphere was like in the arena. But from a fan's perspective, I think we were proved wrong. We had games every single night in pretty much pretty much every single night in the NHL, pretty much every single night in the NBA. And if the NHL wasn't playing, the NBA was playing. Like we had sports on every single night. We had nonstop action to be able to watch. And the games were entertaining as hell, man. And yeah. it was, and it was just all that one day through. was like all four major sports playing on the same day for the first time ever. Yeah. Like it was so cool. cool to be able to watch all this happen. And like, I, I need to just re like go back on my statements and say, I was wrong. The NHL, Gary Batman proved me wrong. The NBA and Adam Silver proved me wrong. Like round of applause to them because that was, it was super cool to get to watch what they did and what they were able to, yeah. to supply for us. And like, the current state of the world it was tremendous job by them so yeah, yeah I, I was, I was wrong in the same fully yeah i wait i was in the same boat as you early on like i was not excited for sports to come back i told i think i, I literally i'm on the record saying that like oh i wouldn't i just wouldn't even watch them if they came back yeah i, I have been <laughs> yes i've played myself yeah uh, played but yeah man like you said i i d- didn't have high expectations but i was blown away with the job all, all the sports leagues have done yeah um yeah, like honestly, like they found a way to make it engaging uh, for yeah, the they home really viewer. Did. Uh, they had like kind of like the, the fans or whatever, like the actual like metal fans. <laughs> yeah, they, they did yeah. like cool shit like that. Uh, they yeah, they did a good job. That's yeah. all I'm gonna say about it. Like they did great. They proved me wrong. Well, you and I both. So yeah. good job, professional sports leagues. Way to way to like give us something to look forward to during uh, during Corona. Yeah, exactly. So. Both of us need to be better, I guess, in our yeah. evaluation of the entertainment factor in pro sports. Um, and then congratulations to Anthony Sorelli, our episode 21 guest. But, McGee, I want to get into now our next guest. Um, I guess we had on the boys last week. Yeah. And then we hadn't really had on like much guests prior to that. Like we kind of have no. taken a break we had Jedi guy on not too long ago and like got to catch up with him, Brokinis. but we were able to catch up with an old friend of yours from your minor hockey days. Yes. Um, and it was a super cool interview because not only is this guy like a tremendous athlete, um, but as a scholar, he's a oh. scholar yes. and it was cool getting to just pick his brain about, his transition from wanting to play one sport to another, all the different sports he played in high school and stuff. So without further ado, I think it's time we get into uh, our guest of episode 51, Harvard track athlete or graduated Harvard track athlete, Jacob McLennan. Lads and ladats, we are pleased to welcome to the show, Jacob McLennan. Jacob is a Harvard alumni who has completed uh, competed for the track and field team in sprints and hurdles. Although proving to be a tremendous athlete, Jacob was much more than that, majoring in neuroscience and winning the 2020 John E. Dowling Thesis Prize. Thanks for joining us, Jacob. How's it going? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. No, Thanks of course. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> yeah. So we were speaking a little bit before we recorded, but you and I used to play hockey together a long time ago. Yeah. Oh man, that was crazy. I feel like, how old were we there? I think not you're probably even, 11 or 12, not even man. teenagers. No, no, like, not even. <laughs> like 11, 12 years old? <laughs> yeah. So we played hockey. We were, we were homies. We, we traveled to the States together in uh, uh, the Chicago tournament. I can't remember the name of it. Neither do I, but I just remember uh, Deep Dish Pizza. I forget the name of the restaurant, but I know the whole team went there and we were just all over it. Um, and that's like my, one of my like most like memories from that trip uh, because it was like the only Chicago thing I could really remember. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you, you were quite the hockey player and you even uh, were drafted to Owen Sound in 2014. Um, and then I guess you decided that hockey wasn't the best route for you. Could you tell us a little bit about the process behind kind of, uh, I guess, those last years of hockey and then making the transition into what you later continued as, uh, to participate in while you were at Harvard? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I guess it, it wasn't the most traditional route. I feel like I kind of fell off the map um, right after that draft year. 
um, because everyone was working so hard for uh, like for that period of time. And then um, I even remember uh, like making commitments with like a coach to play next year, I think with the, with the Flyers midget team at that point. Um, but I think for me at, at that stage in uh, like my academic interests too, um, I knew that if I wanted to go to the NCAA for a sport or at least for hockey, I'd have to take at least a couple gap years playing junior, working my way up uh, the ladder on that. And for me, I was looking for uh, almost a, a quicker way to get to college, the NCAA. And for me, I kind of took a bet and said, let's give track a try. And so uh, that summer um, I competed with, uh, with a club from Toronto and uh, placed in the top three in the 400 meters um, at the Ontario High School Championship. Uh, and so it was like, okay, maybe this bet will, will start to pay off. And, and so I kept training and training, um, seeing how far it could take me and trying to contact coaches. Uh, I think I sent out maybe 60, 70 emails to track coaches across the US. Um, but then I also didn't, wasn't really having, uh, I wasn't really hitting the times that they really wanted to hit. I know a lot of coaches were like, contact us in a year or something like that when, <laughs> when you run a second faster and running the 400 meters, a second is, is a lot. <laughs> so I'd have to put in an incredible amount of effort. I don't even think I could really do that. So I made a last minute switch to the 400 meter hurdles. Um, and luckily the hurdles aren't as high compared to like the, the traditional like 100 meter sprint hurdles that are like higher than I think about three and a half feet. Uh, but luckily me being a tall guy, I could somehow manage to get around them. Um, and then, yeah, that's how I kind of ended up from hockey to track to an event I probably never would have considered doing before. And then uh, somehow getting a spot on the Harvard track and field team. That's pretty impressive. Had you, uh, had you like run track before uh, in elementary school prior to, or like in high school prior to deciding to say, Hey, let's give track a full-time shot. Or were you kind of just like, Oh, like let's try that sport and like picked up something completely new. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I was one of those guys that just wanted to do high school sports, tried to do as many sports as I could while I was in high school and, and track was just one of them. Um, never hurdled before, but I always somehow made a team, like made a, a solid team to, to compete at a, at a high level. But um, it wasn't until I fully stopped doing hockey that I could take it to the next level for track. Um, because I mean, I didn't really anticipate this, but compared to hockey, I didn't expect to put that much effort into track because I mean, if you just run, Okay. <laughs> well, at least with hockey, you're like, you're working on plays, you're working on your technical skills. When you're running, you just, <laughs> you just run. <laughs> That's all you do. Um, so I didn't think that, I, th I figured you can just kind of walk on and do your thing. But um, I knew that I'd have to make a decision and fully commit because as I soon found out, it's more track and field is more than just running <laughs> yeah so i uh and like i just like to throw in there that we, we played on the nats together and we frequently very frequently had fitness testing and oh one of the one of the fitness testing this is a little story i gotta i have about jacob during the fitness testing we were we all drove out to um this track and field and i think it was like 12 and a half laps of like a 400 meter track to complete the 5k oh and, <laughs> and we start running and this guy just motors, like right out of the gate, just flies. <laughs> he, he's probably lapped each of us six times by the time we're through. And I think he finished, wrapped up. I still had like three more laps to go. And the last guy, I think, didn't finish until like close to, close to, it had to be 10 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> 
And you were just a gazelle, just straight back, like high hands, just flying. And we're like, holy crap. I think one of our teammates got a nosebleed in that 5K too. <laughs> it, was, it, it was it was incredible. <laughs> yeah, oh my that God. was amazing. That was one of the one of the things that will stick with me for a very long time is just how much you dominated the running of our our fitness testing. <laughs> well, I think so. Our our coach at the time, he asked my mom, uh, like her opinion on events to do in the fitness test. I'm pretty sure it was my mom that recommended that we do a 5k <laughs> because she, she was a big runner growing up. She loved to run distance and to her. And I mean, for the right reasons, a 5k is, it's a pretty good fitness test. Maybe not for, for hockey players, but <laughs> so I think it's because of my mom, we ended up doing the 5k too. I don't know if it was so that she could show, yeah, Jake can, chicken run fast, give him some ice time or something like that. I don't know, but. <laughs> so I correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that in high school, you went to Bishop Allen, right? Right. And I remember I could just, this, I could just be making things up, but I know you're a multi-sport athlete, like you said. And if my memory serves me correctly, you, you won an officer volleyball championship too. Right? Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, actually. I almost forgot about that. Um, <laughs> that was that was kind of a weird turn of events too, because I I honestly never played volleyball in my life. The only sport I have come close to playing that I guess closely re resembles volleyball would be tennis, but two very different sports. Um, but just because of my height, our athletic director just pulled me aside in the hallway one day, and he's like. Hey, do you want to come play on the volleyball team? We need a we need a middle. <laughs> I was like, sure, why not? <laughs> Playing sports—that's what I'm all about. Um, but I couldn't serve for like if my life depended on it. And I, like every time you do the rotation in volleyball, I'd be taken off as soon as I'd have to serve. And I'd, I'd never play the backcourt because <laughs> you, you just try hitting the ball to me, and it, it just lands. 10 feet outside of the court. Um, so my job on the volleyball team was a, if the ball is anywhere near the net, just smack it down as hard as you can, <laughs> or just put your hands up and look big to scare the other team. Um, very clear instructions. That's all I needed to know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we actually had a pretty solid team. Most of the athletes, uh, that were part of that team ended up playing volleyball in university. So we were pretty stacked, but uh, my one claim to fame is that I scored the winning point for the bronze medal game, which was crazy because it was a block and we were on the far right side of the court and the ball just landed on the line on the left side of the court. So after I blocked it, the ball had to travel across the court horizontally <laughs> to the other side just to hit the outbound line over there um and that just happened to be the the offset bronze medal game <laughs> wow <laughs> wow was that so the only year you played volleyball uh i yeah that was my first year i ended up playing uh on the team the next year but right. Um, we didn't make it to offset because a lot of those guys <laughs> graduated after right. <laughs> after that glorious season. Um, <laughs> but those are some good times. Yeah. I also did That's badminton unreal. in high school too. Another random sport that I just <laughs> picked up. <laughs> what other sports did you play in high school? Um, I played on the hockey team. Obviously, that was that was a lot of fun. But I also I was playing in the GTHL. A lot of coaches had strict rules about playing school hockey and like club hockey so i was one of those players that was just on the bench for the whole regular season up until the gthl season ended so that <laughs> i could just hop in on the playoffs and i think there's a rule that you need to like step on the ice for one game in the regular season to be eligible in the playoffs. Right. So I think it was grade 10. My high school coach was like, okay, this one game, you're just going to skate to the other side of the ice and back just so you're eligible for the playoffs. <laughs> it was <kind> of <laughs> such a weird. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. But I think other than badminton, volleyball, 
track and hockey. Those were the, those were the main sports. So uh, you end up committing to go to Harvard for track and fields. Could you tell us like a little bit about the recruiting process and like, what was it like when you got approached by Harvard? Like what, what were you feeling when you got approached by them? And uh, then what was it like when you actually got offered to go to the school? Yeah. So um, Harvard didn't really reach out to me. Okay. <laughs> I had to, I had to really uh, like profusely send emails uh, to the coach, um, which we joke around about all the time now. Um, but basically, like I said before, just sending as many emails as you can to all of these schools and just see who, who responds. Yeah. Um, and uh, like sending in all of uh, your accomplishments written out in this very elegant way, just to try and show that you're, you're something because literally everyone applies and anyone that does track tries to apply for uh, Harvard because as an athlete, you're on financial aid and not a scholarship. Um, so even if you get injured, you don't lose scholarship money or stuff like that. I, I have friends on uh, like more scholarship teams who've lost funding because of injuries. So anyone that's anyone wants to go to an Ivy League school because of the financial aid. Um, but I was actually more interested in, in Dartmouth for, for some reason. Um, they had been interested early on in the process. And I think at one point I stopped responding to the Harvard coach because I wanted to go to Dartmouth so bad. And I think it really came down to, um, I remember telling my uncle about this, but uh, we were walking through one of the main cafeterias in Dartmouth and there were like, there was this bright lit up area and sitting right there were these soft, warm cookies that had just come out of the oven. And <laughs> I went to go and grab one and the guy showing me around was like, that's there every day if you want it. <laughs> it's like, I'm sold. <laughs> I'm in <laughs> <to> Dartmouth. <laughs> That's all I need. Um, but for uh, random reasons, Dartmouth didn't end up working out. Um, and so in a frantic kind of panic, I sent out emails to every other school I had emailed over the summer asking, hey, will you give me another chance? <laughs> I know I haven't been responding to you, but uh, I'm looking for a school. And it just so happened that um, Harvard happened to still be interested and they still had a spot, but the situation was a little bit odd because it was so late into the recruiting process at that point, because I had spent so much time with the other school in the recruiting process. Right. Um, so I think the coach had to pull some strings or something like that. And I think by this point it was February and normally they only commit to people in September or October. Um, but I was also dealing with another offer from a Canadian university, UBC out West. And they were like, you need to decide in two weeks or we're going to pull your scholarship. And I was like, holy smokes, what am I going to wow. do? There's, <laughs> I mean, Harvard's a potential opportunity, but UBC says I need to make a decision in two weeks. Um, so I, I give the Harvard coach, another call, and he said, and I said, is there anything you can do? And he's like, no, you have to wait until, or, or at least two months before the actual admissions decisions come out before we can do anything for you. And I was like, oh my goodness, well, I need to know in two weeks. And he's like, oh, why don't you say you needed to know in two weeks? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to manage all of these offers. And so he said, well, because you have an offer at that other school, I can bring that to the, the admissions table. And so within a two week period, um, the admissions department called uh, my home phone. And I was at school at the time. And so my dad picked up and he's like, uh, he picks it up and then he, he's really confused. So he gives me a call as I'm getting out of school. And uh, he's like, Jake, Jake, like Habard called you. I don't really know who Habard is. <laughs> I'm like, neither do I, but are you sure it wasn't Harvard? <laughs> and so I, I'm running home. I'm getting home as fast as I can. And I'm listening to the message. And it, it kind of does sound like Habard. I don't, I don't know who, who was calling. That Boston accent, maybe. 
Maybe, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but no, it, it did actually end up turning out to be Harvard calling, letting, letting me know that they were going to give me a spot. Uh, wow. So that was a pretty cool, pretty cool opportunity, but a little bit anticlimactic. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, mispronunciation. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome, though. I mean, that's a pretty hectic story of, of the, your recruiting process. But I mean, not a, not a bad uh, little institution to, to kind of fall into. Like, yeah, I, I feel like no, you, you no kind of lucked out, man. That's <laughs> I awesome. Know. It's just weird how those kinds of things worked out. Like, who knows if I had kept playing hockey where I would have ended up. Um, and it's, it was weird being on campus and seeing some of the hockey players and been, being like, wait, that could have been me, maybe. Uh, so that was just kind of an eerie situation. But nonetheless, I was super proud and excited to be uh, part of the Harvard track team. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, what was it like to attend a school like Harvard? You walk around all the history and like how prestigious the school is. Were there moments you were just walking around on campus, like wearing a Harvard track jacket going, holy shit, like I can't believe I'm here. Yeah, the, the first two weeks was a lot like that. Just every, every corner you turn, you're like, oh, some person did something here. And uh, my freshman year dorm, uh, my roommates and I had the opportunity to live in uh, JFK's freshman year suite, which was, which was kind of wow. cool. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, just very <laughs> random things like that. Um, but then I think, I think the, I guess the historic part of it kind of fades off or fades away a little bit the more you get through it. Right. And the crazy thing about Harvard is there are so many tourists always walking around. So getting from class to class, you quickly forget about the history and just start getting annoyed <laughs> at all of the tourists that are blocking your way from getting to your first class in the morning as you're tired as heck trying to just get out of bed and get to class. Yeah. Um, so that part of it was weird. And then... I don't know if you've heard about this tradition, but uh, a lot of people go to Harvard to touch the John Harvard statue's foot. Like that's supposedly if you get your baby and you like put the baby's hand on the foot, then the baby is somehow magically gonna get into Harvard. <laughs> but little do these tourists know <laughs> that late into the night, <laughs> every weekend, there are hordes and hordes of freshman year students climbing up to the statue to pee on that exact same foot that every <laughs> single tourist <laughs> tries to get their baby to touch <laughs> so that they can go to the school. <laughs> so every time I walk past the statue and I see tourists taking a picture with their hand on the foot, I'm just shaking my head going, oh my god, if only you knew. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like it's... a little insight there. Now McGee and I know never, <laughs> never touch the foot. <laughs> Don't. But my, so my uncle, he went to visit Harvard in the 90s, before, way before I was born. Um, and apparently he just dug this picture out after I got into Harvard. But it's a picture of him with his buddies touching the Harvard foot. <laughs> I was like, no way. I was like, you don't, you don't want to know you, what's happened to that foot. Did you have I told him, <laughs> I told him in the, in the most, in, in the most gentle and respectful way. So he wasn't. Would you be able to, would you be able to reenact the way you told him? Like how, how, I don't know how so, like softly you could put something like that. It's just, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, let's just say that <laughs> students come up there after having way too many natty lights and uh start tinkling a little natty light <laughs> onto the foot <laughs> you know, that's, that's a pretty good way to put it that's pretty that's good as, way to that's put as far it. as i'll tell you yeah <laughs> so so neuroscience man that's pretty crazy i mean I, I have a hard time balancing like the, the one or two things i have going on in my life but it seems like in high school throughout you are in multiple sports Need to be in multiple places at once, I can only assume. And to cap it all off, neuroscience. Like, what can't this guy do? So tell us about how you made that decision. Um, and that's how that's something that you wanted to um, kind of pursue. 
And then a little bit about like your journey and your co-ops and your job placement so far. Yeah, for sure. So uh, going into and like going into college, I was very into pursuing a career in engineering. Um, maybe it was just because my teachers said, "Cause I was good at math, because I was good at science." you're going to be an engineer. And so going into uh, first year, I took all of the like, prerequisites for, for the engineering department. Um, but I think the summer before actually going into school, uh, my mom happened to get me this book uh, about the brain. It's called The Brain That Changed Itself. Highly recommend. It's good for any, for any level of, of knowledge about science or the brain. It's, it's just a good all around read. Um, but after reading that book, I was like, holy smokes, the, the brain's a pretty freaking cool, cool thing. And how, how does it do so much, but we, we just don't know enough about it. And that, I think that's something too that I didn't even fully appreciate until, appreciate it until I fully uh, studied it in, in school. But um, honestly, going down the neuroscience path, I think part of that decision was the fact that early on I wanted to pursue medicine and uh, as a way to satisfy a lot of those pre-med requirements, uh, neuroscience happened to be the best balance between uh, doing track and also having a social life at school. Uh, instead of like the engineering pathway, or I was told. <laughs> it's that just either... sounds crazy. Like, yeah, neuroscience was the best way to have a social life. <laughs> like, so my yeah. two my two roommates also were making the same decision as me. They were on the track team. They were pre-med. And we were all huddled together trying to make a decision on what we were going to study. Because fortunately, you have a year and a, year and a couple months to finally decide what you're going to study. Um, at Harvard, so you can take the time to experiment and see what you like, see what you don't so, like. So sorry, does is that for like everybody across the board? Everyone's kind of taking generic courses or like are on a kind of a track to be. Oh, I think we lost him, but. I think we lost, oh, there you are. Zach. Oh, there he oh, is. Sorry. Uh, I, I think I caught that, but uh, so everyone takes generic courses first okay. year. And even, so you actually don't have to decide until November of second year wow. what you're going to decide. So it's a pretty, you, you decide three semesters worth of courses for a program that you don't even know what you're going to do yet. And I've seen people like go down the pre-med path, realize a year and a half into it that they're like, there's no way I can do two and a half more years of this, of this crap. And so what you see a lot is people do that and then switch to economics um, <laughs> with two and a half years left, having never taken an economics class, still graduating from Harvard with an economics degree. Don't know how it works like that, but <laughs> people just, <laughs> you can just switch whenever you want without having to take any extra years or anything. It's, it's, it's kind of nice to have that, to have that. Freedom. That's actually crazy. Yeah. yeah. Cause I know I've had friends who've transferred or switched programs in Ontario and they have to do like an extra year or a year and a half yeah. um, of that kind of stuff. Uh, but to have that flexibility is, is nice. Um, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. But for neuroscience, it just happened to be the, the, the right balance and from everyone that I talked to in, in engineering you were at the lab every single night even on weekends doing stuff I, I don't know why engineering is so brutal like that but neuroscience it was nice you only had to take 14 mandatory courses engineering was like 22 mandatory courses <laughs> so almost double <laughs> what you have to take um, uh, but I think it was easy for me too because of how uh, interesting I found neuroscience to be and how easy it is to find mentors at Harvard um, in specific subfields that you're interested in. Uh, so the particular aspect of neuroscience that I studied um, was about uh, learning and how animals get new behaviors and how they can be trained to do particular tasks. 
Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> that's actually pretty crazy, man. It's 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 uh, it's insane hearing you speak about all this like amazing things you've done. Um, and I, from when I la- I've last spoken to you, when at the ripe old age of, of twelve years old, or whatever, it's, <laughs> it's pretty amazing how far uh, how far you've come. In ten uh, years, it, how everyone <laughs> changes in ten years. Yeah, it's I crazy. know. I know it's nuts. Holy man. Like I, I'm having a blast uh, catching up with you and hearing what you have to say. I think we're almost about wrapped up um, with with the interview, but we want to know what your favorite uh, memory is from Harvard, and what what would you tell someone, an aspiring athlete or an aspiring student, um, in order to kind of find the same success that that you've had in getting For into sure. one, an Ivy League school and two would be graduating with honors. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think, I think one of my favorite memories was, was from track. Um, this was third year. And, uh, I think the prior year I had missed most of the season because of a stress fracture. Um, so I was hungry to, to finally get back into racing and, uh, and see what I can do. But we also had two other 400 meter hurdlers on the team at the time. Uh, so we had the potential to, to do some serious damage at Ivy League Championship. Um, and so what ended up happening was, uh, and this doesn't really happen often, but we all, all three of us made the conference final at uh, the Ivy League Championship. And I think we, we, we did something like two, three, and sixth places, which comes out to a lot of points that are just out of that one event was pretty freaking cool. Um, but the craziest part was that my teammate and I were only two thousandths of a second apart. So I technically got third. I was two thousandths away from second. <laughs> what can I say? We got the points anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I was proud. That's a um, team guy right there. Team guy. Yeah. <laughs> for an individual sport, always out there for the team at the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it was cool because that year, uh, they, the NCAA compiles rankings for each of the events um, and they break it down by school. So basically they say which school is the best in each event. And I think that year Harvard, or like the men's Harvard 400 meter hurdle group was uh, top, top five in the NCAA that year, which was a pretty wow. cool feat for, for us after coming off a season of not, of not running at all to, to that, which was fun. Um, but in terms of uh, young aspiring athletes out there looking to, to take that next step um, and potentially go to a school uh, like Harvard and compete on the track team or, or another team at Harvard, uh, I think the biggest theme that we come across is your ability to balance uh, your academics with your athletics and be willing to try new things, continue to learn all the time uh, but then again, always staying on top of your craft, no matter what that is. Wow. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> well, thanks for sharing these stories with us and thanks for taking us on your journey of how you got from playing high level hockey, being drafted to the OHL and then deciding to actually end up running track and pursuing that as your full time. And then ending up at Harvard university, just or Harvard as, as you guys <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. No, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, love the the good laughs and, and talk, and always good catching up with you, Ryan. Yeah, seriously, you too, Jacob. I mean, uh, we tried to get you on. I think it, we the very first. This is kind of our second kick at the can. We started in 2018, then took a, a little hiatus as we kind of transitioned into university. Zoom, right. I don't think existed yet. Uh, so we tried to use Discord. It didn't work out. But now that we're all well-versed in the online... Uh, Zoom is the way to go. <laughs> I know. It's, it's so simple now. So I, I'm glad we could get you on after a two-year uh, break. Um, yeah, I thought that was the funniest thing. It was, it was almost a very parallel <laughs> message when you, yeah, yeah, when you I reached know. out. I was like, whoa, is this a blast from the past? <laughs> yeah, no, no, well, yeah, thanks so much for joining us. It was amazing hearing your story and, and your experiences um, being shared with us. I can't thank you enough. Thanks again for coming on, Jacob. Yeah, no problem. Glad to, uh, glad to see you lads and lawn chairs is still kicking around.
Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Enjoy you. the Raptors game. I know you were telling me you were watching it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're in big trouble. Damn two O's. I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> I think they got but it. Thanks. I think they got it. You think they do? Yeah, the they're coming back. Oh, boy. <laughs> Just like last year. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Same theme. Yeah. Well, All right, buddy. Thank you, guys. Yeah, you enjoy the game. Take care. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Thank guys. you. Wow. What an interview. And what a guy, too. Yeah, I mean, I grew nice up with guy. this guy. Oh, inc- just a, I, I love, he, he's just like, just a heart of gold. Yeah. Doesn't even like cursing. No. Like, I, I think he caught himself a few times uh, like, and replaced the word like Darnet or, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But just the sweetest guy ever. Academic, tremendous athlete, tremendous scholar. What an uh, won the thesis a award. Competitor. Won the thesis award for for at Harvard University for their neuroscience department. Like, come yeah. on, man. Some people just have it all, eh? Like, yeah, like this guy's got it all going for him right now. Uh, I think too, we saw like he was still competing in track, like still wanting to compete in track. Well, I was reading some stuff about him, like looking to compete in Pan Am Games and like hopefully be able to make Olympic squads and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And if you're competing at Harvard and their track team, like you're obviously you're obviously doing some right. And then just yeah. his like academics and where he's going from there is, was really cool to get to hear. Um, yeah. One thing well, I kind of want to go ahead. I was going to say, so he, I, it was just, I, it was neat to catch up with him. Cause I think the last time I spoke with the guy, we were probably 12, 13 years old and we, we would go to tournaments together and hang out and like still stay in the same hotel rooms. And yeah, it was really neat to getting to catch up and, and kind of, talk with him throughout his because his journey changed so much man like yeah it's not every day you see somebody going from an ohl draft pick like elite level hockey player to harvard track out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Like, what yeah just picked it up and said this is what i want to do like i think yeah. i can do it and be good at it yeah really yeah, neat, it was pretty man. cool really neat um i did want to kind of like talk to you a little bit because i think it's like relatable to a lot of people though is that he he transitioned from what he wanted to do more so in the sports world, but he talked about how their academics works at Harvard. And it was kind of eye-opening to me because I don't know anywhere else. Maybe I'm just not as educated on the topic, but I don't know anywhere else where you're able to like pick your path the way they are. And he told us like a lot of free reign. You go to Harvard and you just go to Harvard. Like everyone just goes to Harvard. You're not like going to Harvard to be in this or be in that. Everyone just takes the same programs for, for like the for, or same courses and stuff for like the first year and a half. And then you get to decide. So it's like, I was just thinking about how unique is it that a school of that caliber and like that prestigious is able to allow their students to have that much choice and be able to go one way or the other and not lock people in from like the beginning. Like he was, he was saying he, he played hockey, like you just said, like high level hockey. And then he was like playing volleyball and basketball and football and this and that all, all at his school. And then he was and like, you know what? Like, I want to do track. Table tennis or badminton? Yeah. Like what, he's on the it, badminton team. Is yeah. Like, so then he's just like, I want to do this. I want to do that. And he had the range to be able to do that. But like you go, he goes to university and is like, oh, I'm kind of interested in doing this for school. I'm kind of interested in doing that. And then he got to experience it all. So like this guy has just made the most of being able to do all like make the most of his choices and being able to try things. So that was kind of cool to see too. Like I, I just, I, I wanted to know like what your opinion was on how like open the Harvard education process was. Cause I've never seen that before. Yeah. I'd, I'd never seen that either. And I think that's kind of a cool thing. Cause like, I'd be lying if I, I took two years off prior to going to university. Right. I, so I had a little bit more, not an advantage, but a little bit more time to kind of figure out what I wanted to do uh, yeah. post high school. But for a lot of people going in, like, I know a lot of people who are just in their program to be in a program or like yeah. not, not entirely like in love with their program, what they're, what they're in school for. So I think that's great, man. I think all schools should have that. Cause like nobody at 17 years old, like really has like that, like solidified of an idea of what they want to do with their lives. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think, I think locking in is kind of like not the best option. So I, I think, I think what Harvard's doing, I mean, it's Harvard university. This, you can't really knock it, but yeah. like they're, they're doing great over there for, and yeah, it's Harvard. What more can you say about that? Yeah, it's so cool. And if but, you go to Harvard, like, don't touch the statue. Yeah, don't touch the statue. <laughs> don't touch. That's the, another thing. Take a picture with the st- statue. Don't touch the statue. Yeah. yeah. So, Philly, I gotta, I gotta. I was thinking about this the other day, and moving on. I, I'm, I have something that's been bugging me as of late, and I know that the listeners may kind of can relate to this one because it's, it seems like it's more of a recent thing. Um, 
But I, I'll, hey, I'll just, I'll just explain it in our next segment. Be better. So this has been just bugging the shit out of me recently. I go on Instagram, and I have like. 14 new follow cross. I'm like, oh my God. Like, did someone like tag me in a picture? Like, was I just looking good that day? No, probably not. <laughs> and I love, it's like, oh, Brandy, like XXYZ1462 is like trying to follow me. And it's like 18 more accounts like that. It's all these bot accounts. Yeah. So I'm not gonna let you, like, they have like six followers and like 14 following. And so, oh, like, right on. And it pisses me off because it's just they're, they're clogging up my, my follower <laughs> request, my inbox. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I don't know. I like getting followers, but not when they're fake. Come on. Come on now. Yeah. But then to top it all off, to top it all off, Instagram has the audacity to allow bots to like just spam uh, comments. Let's say, I don't know, six buzz, for example, you go to like a, a post where you're like, oh, like, you know, the comment section is probably going to be pretty funny. So you go to like a, a comment section looking for some good content. And what do you know? The, the 14 most liked comments are the, at the top of the comment feed are all from bots as well. Talking <laughs> yeah. about like their dad. My dad thinks I'm cute. What do you think? Like, yes. Yeah. It's so it's always, like, what the hell? I, I don't want to scroll through 14 comments. I know. I don't want to scroll, scroll through 14 like bot comments about like showers and, and like their dads. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. So no, Instagram, fix up, be better. Instagram, be better for allowing these bots to, to hijack your app. Yeah, what is this? it needs to be cleaned up, man. I don't, I don't see that stuff on Twitter. Uh, I don't see it on TikTok. Like, I don't see it on any of these places. But you go to Instagram, and it is flooded with bots. And then just getting like bot follows all the time on my personal account. It's so annoying. I know. It's like, I just want to see some good content. That's all it's yeah. looking for, some funny yeah. comments. Is it too much to ask Instagram? Oh, yeah. my God. It's a be joke. Better. It's a joke. Be better. Um, McGee. I think like we're kind of getting towards the end of the show here. It is sick interview. Talked about some yeah. sports. Talked about yeah. ugly cars. We kind of had a lot of beef. We kind of had a lot of beef betters in this episode. Like, we did. We were just an angry, <laughs> angry episode. Yeah, we, we let it all bones to pick today. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, but kind of as we're concluding here, I think we we introduced our first ever crank lot of the week last week. Yes. Yes. Um, I want to get into our second ever crank lot of the week. So I know you've got one lined up for us. I do. Let's hear it. All right. So this, or I guess our second ever crank lot of the week, this goes out to a lad who, who's uh, our previous, we had a previous lot of the week, Reed McKinnis, my roommate. Uh, and recently I've been fortunate enough to get introduced with some of his buddies through hockey and whatnot. And this one lad in particular, greatest guy stops by, he'll do anything for you at heart of gold. And Reed, Reed was picking up a couch. Uh, and it was like a 40-minute drive away, but it was a free couch because he's got this massive room in our basement here. Um, so he's like, hey, may, may as well like, put some furniture in it and make it like a little living room too. Like, so this guy's got a full-on lounge. <laughs> but this, this, this lad, who shall be named later, would, he's like volunteered. He's like, you know what? I'll drive you, man. I'll, I'll take my truck. Like, I'll drive you 40 minutes to and from the, the destination. Brought his like, straps to load up the, the couch. Drove him back. Uh, just a, just an overall good guy. Yeah, it's um, a good a guy. Nice thing, right nice thing to do for a friend. Like completely, wasn't even asked. Like wasn't even asked. Just volunteered. just volunteered. Yeah, good guy. So without further ado, our second ever crank light lad of the week and winner of the crank prize pack is Kyle Soper. Congratulations, lad. Congratulations, Kyle. That is a great lad move, especially to just volunteer. Like we didn't even have to ask him, Hey man, can yeah. you take your truck? Like, yeah, hey, I'll like, I'll take you out there. Like we'll do it in my truck. Like that's, that's incredible move. Seems like just such a great lad. Like you're saying a heart of gold, hard to be right there. <laughs> yeah. This is just yeah. a, it's kind of funny. Like we had on our, we had Jacob McLennan heart of gold. Like you said, like nicest guy ever. Now you're handing out crank lot of the week to Kyle Soper you're saying such a nice guy. And then you and I were just picking bones all episode, <laughs> just going at people, car yeah, guys. Like, yeah. Like yeah. Instagram, like we're just letting them have it, but yeah. Hey, congratulations, Kyle. We'll get you your crank prize pack in due time, but yeah, it's a hoodie, a t-shirt. Uh, it's a, it's a prize pack. It's yeah, a prize pack. pack. It's Enjoy time. it. Yeah. Well, McGee, that about does it for episode 51. Good guest. Some good banter. It was good to catch up with you yeah. again. 
hear about what's going on and what's been bugging you this week. Yeah, man, that was always something. <laughs> Had to get that off your chest. I, I did. It. I really did. But yeah, episode 51, the Jake Gardner episode. It's good yep. app. Better than Jake Gardner, I think. <laughs> Better than Jake Gardner. Let's hope. Let's hope yeah. the, the listeners agree. Yeah. But yeah, it was uh, good to catch up with you as well. Um, man, car guys, eh? just the worst. Just figure it out. Come on. Guys. It's just like, the worst. Yeah, but we had some good can have hangouts. <laughs> yeah, for real. All, all I know is they're not getting the invite to the Lottapalooza. <laughs> not happening. Which is still in the works, by the way, for yeah. all those who are, are following along. Yeah. We got to figure out what's what's happening with the, the current state of the world. Yeah. Um, but it'll be like a March, April situation. So yeah. hold tight. More big things coming. We got Crank, we got Hush, we got Jacob McClendon, Harvard Neuroscience. We got a bunch of more big things coming. We're not, we're not a one-trick pony here, so no. uh, stay tuned um, and catch us. Same time, same place, same launchers. Cheers, lads and Cheers.